Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. But in preparation for uh, this day tomorrow, I've been listening to and reading Martin Luther King's sermons. You talk about a preaching machine. And I know we, we, we know he's a civil rights advocate and he had this dream, but you have to read some of his sermons where he's preaching about Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, one of the quotes that we have on the screen is, the end is reconciliation. He's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and how Jesus Christ came not just to die for us, but to change us and transform us. And he says, the end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of a beloved community where everyone gets along together. It is a type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men. And my prayer today is as we continue to talk about being anxious for nothing, that we'll have our thoughts and our minds guarded by Christ Jesus. Uh, We've been using this book, Anxious for Nothing, by Max Lucado as a framework for this series. And I give Max credit, not that he needs to sell any more books. Uh, One of the top Christian authors in the history of book writing Uh, But in case he's watching today, Max, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. Uh, We've been talking about learning how to live a calm life. We've got calm on our piano table here. And to celebrate God's goodness, rejoice in the Lord always and and again. Yeah, you can participate. It's okay. It won't hurt you. And ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask God for help. I know a lot of you in this room, and you're pretty sharp people. There are some of you in this room that helped in some way or in a large way in a small way with our success of the Delta Four. Anybody involved? Anybody here involved? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on. Thank you. Thank, thank, thank you for making it happen. Man, if, if, if you saw that, the beautiful rock. And, and a few weeks ago, it was so great. I was looking on Twitter, on social media, and this lady was down near Surf Beach in her car. She'd driven here from San Diego, and she wanted to see the ULA Delta Four. And she wrote, on the, don't these people understand? I drove all the way from San Diego, and now they're telling me it's not going. What is wrong with them? And I wanted to reach through my phone and say, no, in a nice way, and say, ma'am, do you understand all that it takes to make one of those things go and do what it's supposed to do. I, I still marvel at the wisdom of the human brain, how much God has given the ability to get that thing not only to launch, but to separate, to end up where it's supposed to end up. Which, by the way, lady, that's what you want. If something's unsafe, if there's an anomaly of some kind, you don't want that thing to go. And if somebody said, there was a leak, that's right. And I got them three cases of Flex Seal, and, and so I had a part in it too, yeah. So even though some of you are so brilliant and so capable and so self-sustaining, you have to ask God for help, because he's greater than you and bigger than you and larger than you. And then we leave our concerns with God. We leave them at his feet. And then we're going to talk today about meditating on things that are, are good. So let's read uh, with our best 
954 voice together. Philippians 4, 4 to 7. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your hearts and your, your hearts and your, your minds. So many of you know I'm a horrible artist. And uh, confession is good for the soul, so I'm going to confess. If you can't tell what these are, then, then I'll let you know in just a second. Okay, that is a, a what? Marge Simpson's hair, right? That's a brain. That's a brain. Somebody said it's a cloud. No, it's a brain. Kind of looks like a hairdo. Elvis, I don't know. This will be easier. Oh, thank you. You're so nice. Heart. Now, this is very simplistic, and I don't want to insult your intelligence, but, but I want you to read uh, what the Apostle Paul wrote. It will guard your hearts and your, and, and, and your minds. I can tell you what I know about my heart and my mind. Sometimes... They fight each other. For example, I, I can believe that God loves the world, and I happen to be in the world, therefore God loves me. For God so loved me. I want you to say it, for God so loved me. For God so loved me, yeah. Have you ever had times, though, that your thinking did not line up with that? Let me explain what I mean. I believe that God loves everyone, but I don't think that he loves me. I, I, I believe my, my husband says really nice things about me, but when I think about me, really, he shouldn't say those things because I'm really not that good. Remember we said whatever you believe to be the truest thing about you will determine your identity. Uh, that's why the CEO of a big company, he believes the truest thing about him is he's not very successful. And so that's the kind of self-talk or the thinking he has. I'm not a success. A PhD can say, well, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of dumb. If you think that long enough and you believe that long enough, you'll become what you believe. Uh, if you believe what you always did is who you are, then you'll always do what you always did. You'll get stuck in that circle of life. And somebody could say, well, wait a minute. That sounds like psychobabble. I don't think it's psychobabble at all. Because in Philippians 4.8, watch this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever, let's read it, is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, come on, think about these things. If you read the epistles of Paul, he always connects the heart, and the mind. So he's not a theorist. He's a practitioner. He's been beaten and left for dead. He's been in prison. He's been shipwrecked, as we saw last week. He's gone through difficult times, and now he's in prison on the short chain to a guard, and he's saying, be anxious for nothing. I want to listen to somebody who's living in hell telling me that it's okay, and I can live at peace. 
I mean, how do you do that? And it's not just, just hype. It's not just wishful thinking. It's actually hope that's rooted and grounded in his belief. I think if you could have dissected the Apostle Paul while he's in the prison, you would have saw that what was in his heart is how he was thinking, and how he was thinking was in his heart. And they weren't going counter to each other. They were moving together. See, you can change your hairstyle. You can change your hair color. You can change your waistline and your bottom line. Come on. You can change your address. You can change your place of education in life or employment. You can change your duty station in the military. You can change your church. You can change your spouse. But if everything outwardly is changing and nothing internally is changing, you're not changed. I call it destination disease. I know lots of people that have it, especially in 2019. You know what destination disease is? When I get there, everything will be fine. Now, let me tell you what I learned in the seventh grade from a very smart man. Actually, he was a philosopher. And here's what he said, stroking his beard one day. I rode my little Swin Stingray in front of his house. And he said, Bernie, wherever you are, there you'll be. <laughs> wow. Go home and think about it. Come back tomorrow, grasshopper. And, and, and I... I went home and thought about it. Wherever you are, there you'll be. And so I, I jumped. Yes. Yes. Here I am. Where am I? Listen, wherever you are, you take your heart and mind with you. Oh, but if we could just get out of California, somebody said. Oh, it's just crazy here. If we could just, I said, where are you going to go? Arizona. Oh, yeah, there's nothing crazy about Arizona. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect in every way in Phoenix in August. Perfect. You'll like it there. I've been in the Central Coast all my life. Oh, you'll love it there. Yeah, it's so mild. But it's not so much about geography. It's about this heart. See, if I'm negative, if my negative mind and my negative heart, if my anti-God thinking, my anti-God heart are with me, wherever I am, there I'll be. And I'm taking all that stuff with me. I had a guy tell me, it's a true story, it's not funny, so don't wait to laugh, it's just a true story. He said, yeah, my wife and I decided 2019 will be different, we're going to be different this year. And then stupid me, I mean, I was stupid at the moment. I said, so what's going to make it different? I don't know, it's, it's the new year. <laughs> huh? You going to date more? You going to be kinder this year? You going to do your devotions together this year? You going to pray together this year? You going to show up at church more this year? I mean, what would... You're going to be more generous with your finances? You're going to serve? You're going to, oh, no, it's just a new year. I mean, that's just wishful thinking, isn't it, folks, without a plan? See, true changes only occur when you change the way that you think, when you change the way that you think. I was with a pastor this week uh, that I love and respect, and, and he said to me, he said, you know, sometimes I, I limit my life, and here's the word he used, and it stuck with me. I was thinking about it last night. I was thinking about it this morning. He called it holy conviction. He said, you know, you know what I believe? I believe that Jesus Christ, in my heart, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ can heal people. By, by the way, how many of you believe that? The power of God can still heal people. Isn't that good? But here's what he said. But when I pray for people, I don't think he'll heal them through my prayer. Hmm. You see, somebody could say, I, I believe that lives get transformed at Lompoc Foursquare. I, I, I believe it's a great community. We've got six front doors. We welcome people. 
No one gets judged here. You know, nobody gets a, a, a tag or a, you know, I'm a visitor. A little, so I went to a church once and <laughs> they gave me a little tag that said, I'm a visitor. It made me feel really odd. By the way, I was the only visitor that day. <laughs> and this dear lady got up to the pulpit and said, we're going to ask all the visitors to stand. <laughs> oh, Lord, please create more visitors now. And I stood up, and I was the only one in the room. And they sang me a song. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to our church. <laughs> I want to sing, God, you've left me in a lurch. Anyway, anyway, hey. But what this pastor was saying was, hey, somebody comes to me for prayer. I know the Lord can heal, but, but, but probably not through this prayer. No holy conviction. The holy conviction that would somehow fill your soul and also change your thinking to say, you know what, God, I'm going to keep inviting people to church, and I'm not going to assume they're going to tell me no. You know, sometimes we, we lean into the answers of other people. Well, they're just too busy. They'd never come. So, well, you ask them. Or if you want to have a faith conversation with somebody because the Lord said, go into all the world and preach the what? The gospel. But I'm not going to do that because everybody's going to reject me when I do it, so therefore I won't do it. Oh, you let the Lord be responsible for the response. You go out and do what God has called you to do. Come on, that's good. You know it is. Yeah. <laughs> Philippians 4, 7. That, that the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. Ephesians 4, 23. Your hearts and minds must be completely what? New. And if you think that's just New Testament, all the way back, God told Israel in Deuteronomy, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. There's a connection how you believe and how you think. How you believe and how you think. Paul also said in Romans 12 too, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be... Oh, yeah, yeah. See, remember this. The, the devil is a headhunter. And your thoughts and mind are his trophy. A lot of people have failed because of stinking thinking. Yeah, God loves, loves the world, but not me. Or I can, I can go down this path in life, and I won't end up in a bad place. I'll just, I'll just get away with it. Or I'll think that everybody's against me. It's no wonder that we're, we're stressed when we consider most of what we think about on a regular basis. Philippians 4.8 tells us how we're supposed to think. Let's read it. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on an honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then the peace of God will rule your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I can pray all day for the peace of Jesus to come. Bring your peace. And then Jesus says... Um, don't let your hearts be troubled. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. He says, don't you let your heart be troubled. Now, I want you to think about this, and I give credit to, to Max Lucado for this. Number one, you can pick what you ponder. How many of you have a surveillance camera, a ring, a ding, a doorbell thing? Come on, right? When somebody walks up to your doorbell, you can watch people steal your FedEx packages, <laughs> right? Right? I mean, a lot of us have those newfangled things. It's pretty cool. Motion sensor, somebody walks up your walkway, and all of a sudden, you, you see them on your phone. Woo! 
And you can speak to them, get away from my house. I'm taking a bath, but I can see you. Come on, come on, you know? Yeah. Well, I want you to think about your mind like a front door. Like a front door to your house, your apartment, your condo, wherever it is that you live. And somebody knocks on the door. You have the right to refuse. You do. See, if I come to your house at 2 a.m., I want to see what's in your refrigerator. You might do what my mom used to do. My mom did it, and please, I don't mean any disrespect to any people group I'm about to name here, but every time the Jehovah Witness came to my house, my mom would say, shh, pretend like we're not home. <laughs> it was so cool. We would, and we'd freeze behind the doors, the drapes were shut. We would freeze. Like if we moved, somehow they would know we're there. Shh, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Mom, why are we quiet? Because the Jehovah Witness are here. Now, here's a whole witness. I don't mean any disrespect. She also did that for salespeople selling magazines door to door, right? Come on. I, I know there's some of you here. Matter of fact, I went to visit somebody in our church a while back because I knew they were under the weather. I said, I'm just going to stop by their house. And I knocked on the door and I knew they were in the house. <laughs> they thought I was checking on what's in the fridge. Okay. You have the right to say the evil thoughts. You have the right to take every imagination captive. You have the right to take every thought captive and bring it under the lordship of Jesus Christ and say, I'm not opening the door. You'll never amount to anything, somebody says. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear that, and I'm not opening the door to that in my mind. And I shut the door. Remember, when you're in, your, your life's like a boat. When you're in the boat and the boat is rocking, the only way the boat stays floating is when you don't let the outside storm become an inside storm. Once you take on the water of the outside, you're sunk. You just batten down the hatches. You just say, I'm locking everything up. Somebody told me recently, true story. They said, you know what? I have got to get rid of my news feed on my phone. I got Fox, CNN, MSNBC, Bloomberg Report, Wall Street Journal, all day long. And they said, I got to get rid of it. I said, you've been telling me that for three months. But I don't want to miss out. You ever heard that? I don't want, I don't want to miss out. I don't want my kids to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. We have them in 19 sports. They have 1,000 hours a week of sports practice because we don't want them to miss out. Well, it's quiet in here now. Huh? We're up to financial hawk because... They've got ballet, piano, tuba lessons, and sports. Come on, come on, come on. And you know, it's now that this generation, especially of those in elementary school, are the most anxious, anxiety-prone generation in history. You got to do more, Johnny. Dad, I'm doing all I can. You got to pick it up, Johnny. And pretty soon, Johnny feels like, like, feels like he can't measure up. And he starts thinking like a failure if you're not careful. I know a lot of you've got this mastered. I probably need to only speak this to the next service, right? But you can do that with your work. Hey, they post another overtime, so I'm going to do overtime. But 93 hours in last week, but I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. I'm not home ever, but I don't want to miss out. Some of you have been there. Some of you have been there. I've been there. We get it. And a lot of it has to stem with, Things that we read or that we know or that we hear or that we start to believe. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Be careful what you think because 
Your thoughts run your life. I won't tell you when this was or where it was, but there was a, a little business, and uh, they were starting to go into the red. And guess what they did? Guess what they did? They started thinking about going in the red. And they started to feel about going in the red. And every time you walked in their establishment, you could feel they were going in the red. And I couldn't believe that they were telling everybody, we're in the red. Just be quiet. Just figure out how to turn the thing around. Wouldn't you? If your livelihood was in your shop or your restaurant or your or your, your, whatever it is you do, a, the place of business, and you knew you were in the red, and you just kept saying, well, uh, I got to let everybody know. Hey, we're sinking here. Pretty soon we'll be closed, but come on in. Welcome. Do you want to go eat at a place that you know is closing? You only want to go eat at a place you know is closing if you have a gift certificate you got to use before they close. <laughs> Some of you got a phone call recently, a restaurant that was closing. You said you better use your your gift certificates, and somebody just told me the other day, hey, is that place still open? I got a $100 gift certificate. I said, no, they've been closed for a few months. Now? Yeah, yeah. So we turn things around by how we think and by how we believe and what we believe, and I got to get back on point or I'll be all over the map. Philippians 4.8, so let's think about these things. Brothers and sisters, what is true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable? Could you imagine if this was our filter for social media? You know how few Facebook posts there would be? You know how few texts there would be? Okay, is it, look, look, is it true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy? You'd have so little to text about. There's not one phrase in here that says if it's sarcastic or cynical, if it's gossip or if it's demeaning, if it's hate-filled, if it's filled with evil, go for it. No, 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 wait. Let this be a filter. By the way, this is hard. I don't have this mastered. My hand is up. This is hard. Because sometimes we just want to give people a piece of our mind. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the, the, the words there for, uh, for noble Peter calls us a royal priesthood, nobility. We should act like we're nobles. The word noble in the Greek also has to do with generosity. We should be generous in every area of our life. We, we should be right or righteousness following after us. We should live with purity. That means not to lie or cheat or have impure thoughts or lustful thoughts, manipulative ways about us, hidden agenda. And then he says, you should do things and, and think things that are excellent and praiseworthy. This word also has to do with words we would put in a sentence that we would give to God in praise. But it also has to do with how we encourage each other. It's pretty cool when we encourage each other. Hello? It really is. Yeah. I had somebody this week uh, come by our office and spoke some real encouraging words to me. I mean, they were just, your sermon has been so helpful, and I've been using it in my life, I'm using it in my small group, and uh, I'm just like, well, by the way, after they spoke to me, I wanted to go beat up the devil. So I did some digging into this thinking process, and here's what I found out. We should actually be thinking about the next time we're going to see somebody. So let, let's say I'm going to go see a Bill or Steve or, or Paul or Chris or Tom, or Lisa, or Tricia, I should be thinking about, hey, the next time I see them, Lord, 
I want to speak an encouraging word. And I practice it in my thinking. So I put it in my, my file. And the next time I see them, it comes out of my mouth. Huh? Hey, you know what? Every time I see you, I'm encouraged by you. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Your faith encourages me. We should be encouraging each other, building people up. I think there could be a new worship song where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. Proverbs 12, 25, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. Number two, you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. Sorry. You have to be rebellious. When Paul says in Romans 12, too, do not conform to this world, he's saying let Christ shape your thinking, not culture. Do not conform is about rebellion. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to think that anymore. Cutting edge science has studied our brains, and it indicates that we can actually create new pathways in, inside our brain, or Marge Simpson's hair, whatever you prefer. We can cut new pathways in our brain by how we think new thoughts. If you were to blaze a trail in some of the chaparral we have around us in this valley or up in the hills and Mission Hills, you would have a hard job to blaze, to blaze a brand new trail. You could, uh, chainsaws and machetes and a lot of hauling out. But once you start that trail, it gets pretty easy. Once you start walking on it and it tamps down, it gets easy. That's exactly what uh, the scientists have proven. Once I start thinking a new way, initially it's hard. Once I start thinking that God can really use me, I believe he can, but now I think that he can, and I think that he can, so I will position myself in places where he can. I get rid of my negative thinking, the first few times, it's hard, but as you keep thinking that way, it changes. Many of you know about 30 days worth of some kind of activity, a new activity can actually become a habit in your life, and it's that way with thinking. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to think clearly, and I'm going to keep thinking in such a way that God will blaze new trails in my life and in my mind. See, the, the, the presence of anxiety is unavoidable, but the prison of anxiety is optional. We've said that in every one of these messages. This world is filled with anxiety. Most anxiety-prone country in the world. Most anxiety-filled people in the world. Most anxiety-filled children in the world. Right now. Right now. And so as we begin to change our thinking... And we begin to make sure our beliefs line up with the scriptures. God will renew our minds over and over again with what is true and what is noble and what is right. The culture and the enemy are masters of deceit, but they are not the masters of your mind. Let me say it again. The enemy and the culture are masters of deceit, but they are not masters of your mind. So uh, my, my wife and, and daughter and I went to the movies. We, we don't do a lot of movies, but we went. And we got there early to watch all the previews. My goodness. I leaned over her at least 10 times and said, really, that's the best they can do? Dead people rising up, becoming aliens, and eating people? I mean, the horror and the scare. Now, I know some of you like to go to scary movies. I'm not against that. God bless you. You go right ahead. I just don't want to go because I had enough things that freaked me out already. 
I don't need any more, you know. And of course, we were there to see Mary Poppins, <clears throat> which I rather like. But listen, I'm not against an adventure movie or a good shoot 'em up movie. I mean, I think those are fine. But man, there's some of us that read really depressing books and watch really scary movies and read really bad social media, and then we wonder why we have stinking thinking. I mean, gosh, I don't know why I'm thinking this way. Come on. See, one of the best weapons you have against worry is clear logic focused on truth. Now, I would uh, uh, just take a moment to be really, really honest here and careful with what I'm about to say. Some of you may have read about or seen on the news uh, a couple of shootings that took place in our city. And uh, allegedly, you got to use these words, right? Suspect, allegedly, innocent till proven guilty. Uh, one of the 19-year-old the kids that was arrested uh, and believed to have discharged his weapon and had illegal drugs for sale in his backpack was a kid that used to attend our youth group. And my heart sank yesterday. I, I, I talked with Scott Betchel, our youth leader, and, and uh, he said the same thing. His, his, his heart was wrecked, I think was his word. Now, I know this kid, and I made a, a purposeful uh, intention whenever youth group happened to go out of my way to find him, to look in his eyes, call him by name. And uh, he spoke a little Spanish. I speak a little Spanglish. And, and we, would, we would converse together. It was cool. He'd go, hey, Pastor Bernie. You know, he would he'd, we'd chum around, give him a hug. He wanted to learn how to play the bass guitar. So we got him a bass guitar and, and uh, invested in this kid. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, everything he knew down here stopped impacting what he thought up here. Somebody convinced him, or he convinced himself, that selling drugs and having a loaded weapon would be an advantage for him. And so he did that. Now, we, we know in studies, sometimes people uh, get involved in gangs and drugs because at least somebody there knows my name and calls me by name. At least I have a sense of value. I've seen that. I've actually uh, talked to people through my chaplaincy work with the police department where they said, well, I committed the crime. At least now everybody knows who I am. At least now I've emerged. Like, yeah, but the place you emerge is not a good place. Wearing an orange suit in county jail, right? Right? Or ending up in prison, God forbid, if you kill somebody. And so all that to say this, somewhere the thinking went sideways. You can have the best intentions. You can have the best uh, input here. But if you're thinking and your heart don't line up. In other words, thou shalt not steal, for example. We believe that. That's Bible. It's true. Whatsoever things are true, thou shalt not steal. Then don't think about stealing. In the sermon uh, a while back where I was talking, especially to young people, uh, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You show me how you're thinking, what you're thinking about, and I'll show you your future. I wish this young man would have reached out to us and said, uh, we're, I'm about to make a really stupid decision. Because we would have got him and wrapped him up in love and I would have put him in a cage. <laughs> now don't laugh, I'm almost serious. Anything to keep him from going to jail. Are you kidding me? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you look in his eyes and say, hey man, God has more for you than this? So we've all gone sideways before. But one of the best weapons you have against worry and one of the best weapons you have against bad thinking is clear logic. That's why he says, fix your eyes 
The word means be logical. And remember John 8, 44, that Jesus said when he lies, he's talking about the devil. This is Jesus talking about the devil. This is important. When he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when you hear that your guilt and your shame can never be removed, that's because that's the only language the devil knows. See, the devil can't bind you up physically. He can't take your salvation away from you. He can't. He can't stop the Holy Spirit from being near you. But what he can do you is to get you to think like you're not worthy of God's presence or worthy of God's power or to get you to think in a stinking way or to be conformed to the world. See, here, here's the pattern that I see emerging from the New Testament. And this is not Max Lucado. This is me. Here's what, here's what we do. We receive the truth. We believe the truth. We receive the truth. We, we believe the truth. We think the truth. And then we live and speak the truth. Amen. We have to believe it and receive it. And then we have to think it. I need to think like a saved, sanctified son of the Most High God. I need to think like it. I need to think that God can use me. Even when I go against something and it doesn't go that well, or I have a struggle in my life, or a problem in my life, or, or a friend, or a family member, or somebody in the community, whatever it is for you, I'm not going to let their actions and reactions change my holy conviction about who God said that I am. I had a lady a couple of weeks ago visiting here in the, the church. She goes, this is really an awful church. I go, it wasn't until you got here. Um, <laughs> no, no, I did not say that. <clears throat> and here's what the next words out of her mouth. I don't know why anyone comes here. So it was no big deal. She just went her way and merry way. I said, God bless you. May the bird of paradise poop on your parade. And, and she left and she was gone. But you want to know for three days, her voice haunted me. And I heard these other echoes. Yeah, that's right, Bernie. Ah, it's just, you're really not making a difference. LFC, yeah, I got some people in some seats, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. And it was like, I had to stop for a moment and shake myself. Oh, oh. And I had to start rehearsing, this is an assignment for you, rehearsing all the things God had done in my 40 years as a pastor. I was thinking about my early church in Silmar when I got there with 31 people. And we grew rapidly from 31 to 18. <laughs> Church multiplication. And then we grew. And we came here. And I'm not going to run down memory lane, but you should. What has God done in your life? You remember when God saved you? Remember that love that you felt, the warmth that you felt? How God has used you, how you prayed with somebody and made a difference or... You wrote somebody a note or sent them a text, and they said, man, man, that, that was so impactful. We should rehearse all that. So we should pause long enough to rehearse all the good things that God has done for us. We receive his truth, we believe, we think, and we live. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Here's your homework assignment for the week. You ready? Capture, let's read it. Every thought and, and obey Christ. Capture. That's your assignment. Who's knocking at the door? Oh, it's not God. Don't let him in. Who's knocking at the door? Oh, it's that woman. She's always got negative things to say. Are you strong enough to hear them? If not, don't open the door. I give you permission. 
Who's on the phone? Oh, no. It's that atheistic woman who no matter what I say, she, she, she weakens my faith. You're not strong enough to have the conversation. Just let it go to voicemail. Wow, that's powerful. Some of you are going, I can't do that. Yeah, there's a lot of thinking we need to let go to voicemail. And there's a lot of thinking we just need to flush the handle and say, let it go. Let it go. Did I say flush the handle? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the end of Philippians 4.9 is so great. So great. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me, be anxious for nothing. We've heard that. Or seen to me, put into practice. So we, we, we believe it, we receive it, we think it, we say it, we do it. Put into practice, and then the peace of God will be with you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. It's better than anything I could ever say. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. It's anything, it's so much better than anything we could ever do. But I pray that today we would be people that take charge over the thoughts of our life. That we'll apply everything you've said about us. Maybe somebody said, oh, you're a loser. <laughs> or you, you're filled with guilt and shame. You'll never be free. Or you're an addict. That's just the end of your life. But Lord, you do miracles and you transform people in our thinking and in our believing and our doing. Help us to make room for you. Help us to allow you to be our Lord and our Savior. And God, if there's anybody here today who've yet to give their life to you, to trust in you, they can't know the peace of Christ that pass all our standing without Christ being in their life. And so if that's you, just simply believe today that he died on the cross, he rose again from the dead, and you can be saved. And then come and talk to somebody on our prayer team and tell them this is the day I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'll get you a packet and a Bible and some things to get you started on your journey. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.